0: Welcome to the Crimson Circle, to this month's shout. Here we are, ready for Adamus. Or at least you think you are, <laughs> but who knows? We'll make it work, right? We'll make it work. So with that, you can see that Jeff really allows himself to open to Adamus, truly a team and i think adamas should thank him owes him for being such an incredibly wonderful good open channeler really there pushing his boundaries and limits but there for whatever it is that adamas wants to share with us so thanks jeffrey hoppy yes. so let's see what adamas has to share with us so in order to get there let's just start by taking the good deep breath This is something that Adama says, no processing, no carrying on, no victim. Just be present with the good, deep breath. So with that, I invite each of us to take the good, deep breath. Nobody can really tell you how to do it. You just have to choose it. It's a deep breath that fills your body. Adamas invites us to breathe as the master, to take the good deep breath and breathe, I am here. Breathe deeply with feeling. And with each breath, allow your senses to expand. And give yourself permission to truly feel this experience We know how much Adamus wants to be with us, to share with us, to be with us every step of the way. So take the good deep breath as we celebrate life. The music's going to play, and I invite you to breathe into that. Breathe into this music and feel what it means for you. How does it fill your life? Breathe and receive.
1: I Am that I Am, Adamus of Free Being. Thank you. Yeah. you save your applause for later, see if it's more real by the time we're done with today. Ah, No, it was beautiful, but speaking of beauty, can you sense what happened in the room and for all of you watching in? Can you sense what happened just in the last few minutes? Something kind of swept over everyone, swept over the hmm. Maybe even a little difficult to describe in, in words, but a feeling of, of real, a feeling of I guess you would say quality, a feeling of sensuality, sensuality. I've been talking about the senses for quite a bit now. It's been a lot of words and a lot of um, intellectual concepts, but then they eventually kind of absorb in, uh, into into your very being. You you begin to understand not at a mind-word level, but at a heart-feeling level what it means to be sensual, going beyond what I would call a relatively gray, flat and oftentimes humorless life, where you're so serious about life and even serious about your enlightenment, and then you take a deep breath and suddenly your world changes. Now, we're going to talk about it a little bit today, but is it the way you're perceiving the world and yourself? Is it things that are really happening and changing? I mean, can this be real? All of this enlightenment that you've been working so hard on, is it finally here? And I noticed something. I noticed a lot of things, but in while well, the music was playing, beautiful music, a little bit quiet for my introduction – we'll get to that in a moment – but beautiful music, but something changed. And, and this tree of sensuality that was unveiled today, beautiful tree, so symbolic in so many different ways of what's going on. You know, we couldn't have had that tree before now. Uh, not not in the real sense of appreciation. Uh, because if we had had it a year or two ago, it wouldn't have had the sensuality. It wouldn't have tickled your senses like it does now. Well, it's been sitting there waiting for years, just waiting to come here, to be with you. And this beautiful tree of sensuality – and no, I'm not afraid of crystals anymore um, – <laughs> I'm not worried about getting stuck inside, but this beautiful tree, (coughs) symbolic of the senses. I've said that there's over 200,000 other senses that you have. As humans, you're focused in one, and that's focus. You're in one sense. Could you imagine this incredible journey of coming to this planet and taking on time, space and physical form? Coming to this planet and taking on very limited energy, that's the sense of focus. A- and it worked. <laughs> you got very focused. It's your one sense. Or it's the one true sense of humans, focus. Things like your sight, your hearing, your taste, those are just tools. But one sense, focus. Now you're opening up to the other senses. 200,000 – you're not going to open to all those right away – as I've said, you get to about eleven or twelve senses that you're actually using or allowing into your life. That's when you get that big smile and you know you are truly the embodied Master. This tree represents sensuality, what, what you're coming to. It's beautiful in its own right. It, it's made from nature. It's all, everything in here from nature. Uh, it represents nature. You know, they so often they talk about the Tree of Life. But what is the Tree of Life? Well, to me it's the Tree of Senses, opening to your senses. Here you see the visual beauty of it, but I ask you for a moment to feel the energy of it. You now, crystals in themselves hold nothing over you. Crystals in themselves are not going to um, free you from the bondage of limited human life. But crystals are a beautiful reminder in so many ways. As Linda says, they're, uh, they come from Earth, they're made under pressure and they turn into such beautiful things like you. All the pressure that you've had, all that tremendous pressure and then you let it go. You stop working so hard. You stop trying so hard. You stop exerting pressure on yourself and you become the Christos, the crystal, the Christ that you truly are. This beautiful tree of sensuality – like I said, they talk about the tree of life, but it's really the tree of sensuality. This beautiful tree represents crystals, The very thing that this planet was seeded with so long ago by the angelic beings prior to human arrival. The crystals themselves held energy. They emitted light and they emitted energy, but a different type of energy, a very different type, something that we'll talk about today. Crystals themselves embedded in the earth. As a matter of fact, the core of earth isn't just a bunch of hot molten lava. It is a huge crystal. They've been such an important part of this planet because a crystal represents clarity. Crystal is symbolic of Christos or the Christ. Not Yeshua Christ, but the Christ consciousness or the Christed consciousness within each of you. I'll actually go so far, I'll extrapolate and say the word Christos, crystal Christ, actually means senses. In a true, literal definition, it means senses, the ability to perceive with more than just the eye, with more than just focus. This tree also represents to me the humans, you who will come into your embodied mastery in this lifetime. There's over a thousand crystals on this tree, I'm told. How many? How many more? How many more trees will we need to get? When will we come to our first thousand or more of you who have allowed that consciousness into the body? How many more trees like this will line the stage? We get past a thousand and two thousand and three thousand. This I hope is just a beginning, and one of these precious, beautiful crystals represents you, has your name on it for when that time comes. It's really quite, in a way, quite a moment to have this uh, here to accompany us as we talk about sensuality, senses, it's the way out. The way out of focus, you've probably already learned you can't get out of focus with focus, and you can't get out with your mind, and you can't get out with trying. You just can't. And You've tried. You've tried reading books, going to workshops. You've tried every trick in the book on yourself regarding how to get out, and what does it do? It just gets you into more focus. That's kind of the funny thing about the sense of focus. It begets itself. It gets you more focused, and then you try so desperately hard to get out again. To You know there is so much more. You, you know there is so much more. It's, it's within you, but how do you access it? How do you get there? When the mind scrambles off and tries to figure it out, it can't. One thing – allowing. You say, well, Adamas, if it's that simple, why doesn't it just happen? Good question. It's really a matter of trust, trust. To allow the I Am that is already here, the universes that are already within, the senses that are already here, to allow that without effort, without manipulation, without structure, but truly just to allow. That is trust at the level of – well, the deepest level – the level of uh, I'll trust so much that I'm willing to die for it. I'm willing to die." That kind of, that kind of trust. But few humans do that. Most humans think that they're trusting a little bit. A- and I've heard this statement so many times, Well, I'm getting a little better every day. No, you're not <laughs> You're not. You're, you're, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> I'm getting a little better every day. No, you're not. You're running in circles. It's like a hamster on a wheel. Is that better? Is the hamster any further ahead? The hamster thinks she is, but is absolutely no further ahead. I'm sorry, Carrie. that screwed up face is like, oh, am I the hamster? Yeah. I know I'm the fat hamster on the wheel. To me, you're so beautiful. (laughs) Come here, let's have a kiss. Come here. Please. Come here, love. Come here. Come here. Hmm. In front of the tree. Where else? Ready? (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Good. In front of the tree. Good. Uh, Where were we? Oh, hamster on on it. You know. By the way, never, ever, ever, ever. Underestimate the power of distraction, okay. the, the, the beauty of distraction. You know, humans get focused. They, they stay linear. They stay on that same path. Mm-hmm. Snap them out of it. Snap yourself out of it. Do something totally outrageous just to get yourself … You know, when you get down in the dumps, what do you do? Oh, why am I in the dumps? And, I'm in the, and you're thinking about the dumps and what got me here? And, and I'm such a bad person. I'm ba-. Shut up. Go do something outrageous. Really, it does miracles. You can shift the energy in a room very quickly with a little distraction, genuine distraction. I love the kiss, uh, and you smell so good I meant to mention. But suddenly it snaps the energy, gets it out of the focus and allows it to flow naturally. So back to the point, beautiful, beautiful tree of sensuality. Uh, it was time. and. I think you'll come to understand that more as we carry on. But before we go any further, I have to admit that – well, I told the Ascended Masters the other night at the Ascended Masters Club, it is a real place, by the way. I use it as a story, as a delivery mechanism, but it is a real place. I mean, we gather, we chat, we laugh about you. We, we have <laughs> great fun. and, and they're so intrigued by my stories. Uh, you know, some of them do some teachings too, but other groups, you know, like down in Sidon and uh, places like that, but they're so intrigued by Shambra. How's it going, Adamus? It's almost like a contest, you know? It's like uh, it's like we all have our groups that – well, not all of them, but a lot of us have our groups we work with – and it's almost, you know, we'll be sitting around having a cigar and a drink and it be How's the group going, Adamus? How many, how many uh, ascended masters do you have now, embodied masters down in your group? Well, I actually don't tell them. I like to keep them guessing, and some of them will brag. Oh, I got two or three that are close. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and so they're always asking, "How's that? How's that group of chambre down there?" And I don't say too much because. I don't want to ruin it. I want to show up one day and say, i got over a thousand. What are you talking about? How many? You, only have, you don't have any? None? We've got a thousand or more. We're going to order another tree, as a matter of fact, a bigger one this time, make room for more. But I have to admit, wasn't it that <laughs> wasn't that expensive? Right? No, here's a good point. Here's a very good point, uh, and actually the real point of the tree live your life in quality from now on. I'm tired – I'm really tired – of you cheaping out on yourself. You're tired of it, but I'm really, really tired of it. Do you you realize what it's like for an Ascended Master to have to deal with somebody who's cheaping out? I mean, who's afraid there might spend too much? That's not very Ascended Masterly-like. No. And live quality or don't live at all, I say you like, uh, not so sure. <laughs> Buy a nice tree, a nice car, a nice okay, house, okay. Okay. a nice house. <laughs> Just do it. Whether clothing. Now, part of you, the guilty, a lot of you used to be Catholic, uh, guilty Catholic part is like, oh, but I shouldn't be spending that kind of money. And what if? Do it. J- damn it, do it. And watch how your life changes. If you said, and worry about a budget on a tree like this. Ten years from now, you're still going to be crawling around on the ground on your hands and knees wondering where abundance is going to come from. If you do it and let the energy flow, it's there, and ten years from now you're going to have five trees like this or more. It it, it just follows. Abundance follows abundance. Quality follows quality. And when you're cheaping out on yourself, you're, you're doing yourself the greatest disfavor when you're cheaping out in you. And I know. I can hear it all. I can hear so many of you online right now, but, uh, Damas, you don't understand. I don't have any money. I don't have any bills. Well, yes, because you've been li- living cheaply. And if you'd been living abundantly, you'd have all the things you want. Absolutely. Live in abundance. Live in quality or don't live at all. Mm, I can see that on the home page of your website. <laughs> so, to, to my point that I was getting, at, I, I've gotten the bug. I was telling the Ascended Masters the other night, I said, you know, I, I come from a theatre background of sorts. I had uh, a few lifetimes where I uh, practiced the theatrical arts, and I love them because it gets you out of your stinking way. When you realize that this is all an act, when you realize that you can really uh, activate any facet of yourself at any point uh, to act out and never lose your core I Am identity. I, the acting is wonderful it's a creative expression, but it also it opens you up, gets you laughing, gets you playing with the many facets that you have of yourself. So I was telling the Ascended Masters, I said, you know, I'm … Really actually gotten the stage bug uh, now I, I used to have the theater bug I used to love acting on on the theaters, but you know if you had an audience of one or two hundred that was huge you know because you had to really yell you know, back there now you have these microphones I said I'm really getting the bug you know I, I like this. I'm comfortable on the stage even if Calder isn't I I'm comfortable with the audience. We have great fun. I said, I think I'm going to stay a little while longer. Maybe, maybe even Chamber will kind of hold back on their embodied enlightenment just so <laughs> we can kind of keep this gig going for a while. I really like it." And I said, uh, you know, through some Chambre, I watch these, um, these shows on television and they're like these um, talk shows, these late night shows. I said, I'll sit there. Of course, they're asleep. So uh, they passed out, but I'm kind of watching through them. And it's fun to see these uh, late night hosts. I kind of see myself as the. You
0: mean like the Adama Saint
1: Germain show? Yeah, yeah. Featuring Adama Saint Germain. Directed by Adama Saint Germain. Starring Adama Saint Germain. Well, and I said, you know, I actually, Calder was driving down here today, and I interrupted him and I said, I'd like to kind of play this out a little bit. Uh, find me some music. So let's redo the whole beginning. You had that nice, sweet, teary, central music and, and visuals, but here's how I'd like to start the Adama show, but let me go back here first. And Linda, you're up front okay, co-hosting. Okay. okay let
0: me, I can do this, maybe.
1: <laughs> and let's hit it.
0: Hey, it's the Adama Saint-Germain show! Here we go, everyone! Welcome, Adama Saint Germain. Yay! Here in our studio audience.
1: Ah, thank you, Linda. It's so our good pleasure. to be here with all of you. Our oh. pleasure. Ah, this is one of the best Look audiences. Look at this gorgeous
0: audience here for you and those online.
1: Hey, Welcome. Holden. Oh! This is one of the best audiences we've ever had here! <laughs> Poor Caldera, he's going to die. So, <laughs> welcome to the Dhamma Show. Yeah, we got a lot to cover today. We're going to talk about some of the latest happenings on the planet Earth. We're going to talk about how there is no time, and we're going to talk about a whole new energy that can change your life.
0: Yay! You go for it, Adamas.
1: So before we do, let's get into the monologue in the Adamas Saint Germain show. You know, I was at the Ascended Masters Club the other night. <laughs> we were talking and about about the human journey, and you know, there's a saying at the Ascended Masters Club: this planet is not for masters. This planet is not for Masters, kind of like uh, uh, No Country for Old Men, your movie, but this country, this planet is not for Masters. And, and we all cracked up laughing because humor on the other side is a little bit different than human here, but we understood what that meant. We understood that it's so difficult. It has been for all of us, all 9,699 Ascended Masters. It was so difficult for us to stay in grayness, to stay in the singular sense of focus. So difficult to stay amongst other people who – lovely people, but rather unconscious. So difficult to stay where the world and people at times can be so cruel, so mean, so dull. Mm. This planet is no place for Ascended Masters. And we all nodded our head and agreed. We all said, you know, staying a week after our enlightenment seemed like a lifetime. For a few who stayed a couple of years like Kuthumi, it was almost forever. They found themselves having to isolate themselves, to become hermits, to really remove themselves from everything but nature. This planet is really no place for Ascended Masters because it hurts. It hurts the body. It's being compressed so tight that you're operating from a mind that is limited and actually pretty mindless. You're not in your senses. You're not even you when you're here. You're not you. But you don't recognize it. You don't realize it. You just know something's wrong. Something's wrong in all of your human lifetimes, um, the many, many that you have. You know there's something that's not right, but you don't know what it is, so what do you do? You blame it on yourself. This thing that's wrong, the reason you're not getting it, that you're not happy, the reason that Life seems to be such a struggle because you're doing something wrong. This planet is no place for Ascended Masters. And what do you do lifetime after lifetime after lifetime? You try to make it work. You try harder to become more focused, to become more like what the expectations of other people are. You get more away from who you really are. You're trying to hide and mask this knowingness that you have that there's a lot more. Then you go into fear and you go into doubt and then you eventually go into hiding within yourself, but a very, very small part of yourself. That's why this planet is really no place for Masters. It's really not. We all nodded our heads damn right. Couldn't wait to get out of there. Couldn't wait for our enlightenment, but couldn't wait to get out of there, because why would anyone want to stay? Why would they want to stay in a place that is not really them or for them, a place that really doesn't welcome Masters, that really doesn't honor who you really are, that tries to get you back into the family ancestral karmic bloodline, a world that tries to get you back into your mind, a world that tries to get you to serve others and not love yourself. Why? This is
0: a depressing monologue. Where is this going?
1: <laughs> going to go straight to hell if you're not careful <laughs> <laughs> This is my monologue. I didn't say my show is going to be funny. I just <laughs> said it was going to be a monologue. My monologue! Wait! There's more! <laughs> nice distraction.
0: <laughs> I tried.
1: <laughs> so we, we sat around and talked, and, and finally uh, one of the Ascended Masters, uh, Zina, said, But hang on a second. Adamas. you say that this planet is no place for Masters, but yet you're standing in front of a group – sometimes acting a little foolish – you're standing in front of a group and encouraging them to stay. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? This is the yeah. funny part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I don't really care one way or the other. Oh. I, I really don't. Oh. You come over to my side, come over to the bright side, come over to the easy side, or stay there. I said, but they want to stay. They want to stay. And one of the uh, other Ascended Masters, Said, but why? Why do they want to stay? It's almost, like, it's almost like being in prison, and the warden comes in one day and says, Shay, you're free. You know, here's your papers. And Shay says, no, I want to stay. Why? Why do they want to stay? And I said, you know, we'll talk about that at the Adama St. Germain show. Uh, we'll talk about that and find out why. Now, I have, I have some pretty good feelings of why you do, but I'd like to hear from you very quickly why stay. A- and let, let's eliminate one thing right up front. It's not because you're afraid to die. Uh, you think that's why you want to stay, because, oh geez, I don't know, I, you know, then, I, then I'm going to die. No, actually you're really beyond that fear. I mean, it's not like you're looking forward to it. And I know that every one of you is saying, okay, when it's my time, no pain, just walk out, none of these diseases, that's fine. But it's not for fear of death, so why stay? Please, Linda.
0: Am I looking for volunteers? Always. Okay. Here we go. Yes.
1: Why?
2: (laughs) Go ahead. Why stay? Why stay? Um, to make a difference. With what? Holding the vibration. For what? For the rest of the planet.
1: Okay. As a master. What, and I'm just hypothetically, what if they didn't want the vibration changed? What if they didn't, uh, what if they actually uh, w- turned against you? Actually doing it for myself. Okay. Good. And that's a byproduct. Good.
2: Yeah, just holding it for myself.
1: Okay. Could I dare say that you're doing it almost as um, just to see if you can?
2: Yeah, there's a piece of that. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
1: Why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. It's a new adventure. Good. Could uh, I also say that maybe this is really ingrained in you very deeply for many lifetimes? I'm going to stay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be here as a light shining on the planet for others.
2: Absolutely. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah. Good. Good. Thank you. Next. Why stay? I knew you were going to do
3: that. It's an adventure.
1: It's an adventure. You know, but i got adventures on the other side that are beyond anything you could even imagine. I mean, we do things every day, and they don't cost anything, that are adventures beyond beyond. I, you say, it's an adventure. Pfft, it's boring. It's really boring. I have a hard time coming. I <laughs> fall asleep sometimes coming down here. It's so boring. And you say it's an adventure. In what way?
3: It's not been done before.
1: <laughs> it's, that's true. That's true. And so I, what do you want a I did it first badge? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good one. Sure. Sure. What, what else? Why, why stay?
3: I just have this deep sense of … I don't know. I guess it's from your teachings and Joshua's teachings of …
1: I know she put me before Yeshua, that's okay. Well oh, … Stop being such sticks in <laughs> it, the it body! Is, he doesn't <laughs> care. Yeshua had a great s- I'm it gonna is tell you your some stories. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, after It all, is my show, it right? Is your right, show. yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. Um, it's not the Adam and Germain show also featuring Yeshua, Jesus H Christ. It's like, no, it's my show. <laughs> Get your own show, Jesus. I guess he has a lot of shows on this planet. There's the Jesus show. it's like, wow, okay, he's got some. Go ahead. What else?
3: I think a a deep sense of bringing the Christ energy in and living that energy.
1: Okay, you could bring it in and then quickly come over to the other side. We got a bunch of tried
3: that. It didn't work.
1: Didn't work. No, coming over to the other side. That's easy.
3: (laughs) It wasn't for me. Really? I really did want to leave. I really did. I you wanted to leave?
1: Wow, Um, and what changed?
3: I don't know. I just went to the beach, drank a few beers, <laughs> watched those
1: waves go. I'm not going to tell the extended Masters that story. Yeah, I des- I had a few beers and decided to stay on this lousy f- planet. It's like Okay. You still drinking?
3: I don't drink that often. Not that often. <laughs> just
1: when I feel like leaving the planet. I have a couple of beers and Okay. You want some Kool-Aid?
3: No. Oh,
1: kidding. No. Kidding, no. Kidding. Kidding, kidding, no. kidding. No. Where's the fanfare? Come on. I, brum, brum.
3: I didn't really want to leave.
1: You didn't want to leave? If okay. If I had
3: really wanted to leave, I would have left.
1: Right, right. Okay. So I why, to why, go. Tell me one compelling thing why, why you want to stay.
3: That's why I came.
1: <laughs> why you came. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I had a delayed reaction from. <laughs> Jesus! Stop that. Thank you. A couple more real quick. Why? Why, why would you want to stay? Why would you, why would you want to stay? You, you can both share the microphone. Yes. Well, that, it's a two-for-one deal. It's a,
0: two, a two-for. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm here, so why not try to experience Mastership while I'm here?
1: Okay. Well, what if you get tired of it after three days? You, you have such insight uh, – not, not brain insight, but such insight. Why stay?
0: I wouldn't know else where. else to go?
1: Oh, I got some great places. (laughs) I got, I got such vacation getaway deals to the other side. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. You know, for your for your children, for your.
4: No, I would like to. I would like personally to
0: experience mastership in the body.
1: Okay, that's good. I like that. Very clear. Thank you. Yeah, he took your answer. Exactly. Yeah. He
0: took my answer. And also, I think,
5: nature. I like the experience of nature on planet Earth. Yeah. We
1: got nature on Theos, uh, which is oh. the mm, really <laughs> nice nature <laughs> – uh, like this, but alive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nature, okay.
0: And my children. And, and your children. And, and people I love. So, okay.
1: Yeah. Fair. Fair. Okay. Um, so, it, it's, I, I don't know if it's uh, craziness on your part, or true dedication, compassion, or just because you, you can, because you're going to try to do it. There is a very deep and a very old commitment that you have made going back to the times of Yeshua where you first became or called yourself Shambra. You said, we're going to do it one day. We're going to stay, because you were seeing others from time to time leave, and you saw Yeshua leave, not so pretty, and, and you said, you know, no, we're going to do it. Just because we can, but you also know—you knew back then, and you know now—it's going to transform. I don't want to say the planet, but it's going to transform souls. Souls. It'll have an effect on this planet, but you know, when when there are thousand or more of you in your you where you've allowed your enlightenment, it's going to change the planet, but not in the way you'd expect. It's not going to be a great kumbaya moment for the planet. It will actually cause more friction, more resistance, more tension on the planet. You know, some of the great prophets that have come along, they, they haven't you know, been admired and loved uh, for centuries later. So you're going you're to cause some crap to come up on the planet, but there's something you kind of like about that too but you're also going to here's if i could summarize this you know that even without any immediate effect without any immediate effect that you are creating such a potential for others you're adding a potential to consciousness that really isn't not much is not much there right now you know your legacy, what you're leaving behind for others who come after you, who are going to go through those, uh, those tough times into their awakening, those tough times in their life when they lose everything in coming to their enlightenment, who doubt themselves, who are in agony and, and torment. You're leaving a potential that's really not very visible right now. That's really the reason I feel that you're staying. and It may not happen right away, this potential that you're adding uh, for other humans who are coming into their mastery. They may not get it right away. It may take lifetimes for them, but you're putting it there. You're crystallizing it for them. So on one of those dark night of the soul nights when all seems lost and hopeless and they're at the end of the end and don't know what to do, suddenly There's going to be a light that shines. It doesn't mean they're going to take it, accept it, allow it or anything, but at least it's going to be there. You know what it's like not to have that light. You know what it's like to be in the darkest of your moments and just feel more darkness. You know how awful that was, and part of the commitment, if we really kind of here go beyond uh, linear time, part of the commitment that you have in the future that's instilled in you right now is to leave that potential, that light, that hope. Whether it shows up to them as an angelic voice or just clarity in their mind, whether they suddenly see the beauty of themselves, whatever it is, but that light. Is going to be there for them. That's why, and it may not occur right away. And you really, actually, have your, you know, funny way of speaking. Your future self has no agenda, whether they take that light or not. No agenda, but at least it's there. For so many of you, if you had had that, and there was little slivers of it, but almost invisible, but if you would have had that, that let's call it a light, that feeling of hope in your darkest moments, uh, how things could have been different, that's what you're leaving behind. That's what, why you're staying. And it's hard to do. It's very hard to do if you have your enlightenment and then leave three days later, uh, but when you stay embodied. When you are able to be in the and, to be in a rather gray, rather unsensual world, but also walk as the and master, you're also walking in your sensuality, in your color, in your I am. That's the whole. Really, if I if I could kind of summarize all this, that's the whole thing. Is um, is this whole thing concept of leaving the and uh, leaving the light. And being able to be in the true and, you're, you're going to be human. You're going to make mistakes, as you would call them. You're going to you're going to bump your head on a low ceiling. You're going to continue to do that. We're not trying to overcome that. You're in, you're in the human condition. You're going to uh, forget that you got food cooking on the stove and it's going to burn, and the house is going to fill with smoke, and the fire alarms are going to go off, and you're going. Ah, oh, I'm supposed to be an ascended master. And in that exact same moment, you are the ascended master, laughing at yourself. That's the comedy part of my monologue. <laughs> <laughs> on, what was that? <laughs> So, so point is, why don't you start laughing right now? Because you you are in the end. It's it's not terribly clear, but. How do you get there? You just do. I am here. I'm in the and. I'm a human. I'm a mortal, I, and I'm gonna bump my head and stub my toe. And I'm the master at the same time. That's so cool. Yeah. That
6: is so cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah!
1: <laughs> All right. Okay. Now uh, today's guest. Today's guest for our show. Is you? I got a question for you. Yeah. So Linda's going to volunteer you to come up here to the guest chair and answer the following question on live TV in front of everybody. And what is the most outrageous thing you've done in this lifetime? Now, before you come up here for this portion of the show, I want to remind you, I can read all of your thoughts. <laughs> so. I need to know what was the most outrageous thing. And <coughs> I will tell you the most outrageous thing that I did in my last lifetime on Earth.
0: Oh my God, this sounds like fun!
1: <laughs> Am I ready? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa! Okay, volunteer. Whoa, volunteer. Boy, What's so the I most mean. outrageous thing you've done in this lifetime? David, come on up. Yeah, come on. Big hand for David. <clears throat> a <little clears throat> have a seat, David. Would you like a cup of coffee?
2: Uh, no, thank you. I'm quite content. You're
1: thinking about that over. Nice boots.
2: Oh, well, thank you.
1: Yeah. I really like those.
2: Well, as you're aware, I actually bought those after your magnificent uh, class that you taught in Breckenridge.
1: Yep. Where I said, go out and buy something for yourself. And you know, people spend a lot of money, a lot of money. I don't know how much those boots are, but those look like about a thousand dollar boots.
2: Actually, I got them on sale (laughs) (laughs) But they are magnificent. They probably would have been without being on sale. Who
1: invented sales anyway? I I like (laughs) the deals. Okay, but uh, nice boots. But what was the most outrageous thing you've ever done in this lifetime? Oh, yeah. And you're amongst friends here. Yeah. You can uh, say anything you
2: want. Uh, Going to Europe uh, in 1963. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, when I was a junior in college and took off for the summer, it's been about uh, eight weeks or so there. Yeah. Traveled around.
1: Why was that outrageous?
2: Well, um, it was totally out of the box for me. Yeah. I didn't really have the money at the time that I decided to do it, but right. I decided to do it.
1: Do you ever regret doing it? Absolutely not. But you didn't have the money and you felt kind of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, good. Good. Uh, and. Have you gone back or done anything outrageous like that since? That was
2: the best of the best. Yes. It's actually where I met you for the first time in Paris, Mm. as you're aware. Yeah. Yeah. And we hung out for three days, so it doesn't get any better than that.
1: Yeah. Bad hangover, but uh, that's another (laughs) story Good. And what's the most outrageous thing you've done lately?
2: Um, bought myself some new furniture.
0: Oh geez, that's outrageous!
2: Boy, it was uh, for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, we got to work but on these. Why? Picks. Why was new? Why was new furniture outrageous?
2: Um, you know, I had uh, you know bullshit of uh, saving money. Yeah, it yeah. just yeah, it was. Yeah,
1: yeah. Is it nice furniture?
2: Yeah, it's lovely. It's gorgeous. You,
1: you love it, yeah? Did yeah. you spend too much?
2: No, I got you know. John. No! It's lovely. I bought exactly what I wanted.
1: You got it at the furniture barn, I'm, I'm sure. No, but no, no. I uh, … Nice furniture. Yeah. Okay, good, good. Thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll bring this to a point, hopefully, uh, in just a moment, but thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, would, you, would you have any guilt about your outrageous adventures in life? Any remorses?
2: At this point, it would be uh, not being more outrageous and doing it, you know, R- outrageously all the time. Right. Okay. Yeah, I mean really you know my thing is uh uh you know the box got kind of comfortable. Yeah. But kind of pinched too. You so. ready for
1: some outrageous? Absolutely. Woo wee. Okay. We go. Ah. good a couple more. Thank you, David. Thank you. Very Thank much. you. Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm I'm going to work on my, my more outrageous. Oh, okay. Let's see. All really right. outrageous. Looking for a volunteer Really outrageous.
1: Ah, come on up, come on up, yeah. Welcome to the Adamas Show featuring Adamas and, and Alice. company. Yeah, Alice, good to have you here. What's the most outrageous thing you've ever done? Do we want to hear You this? go for it, girl, That's you like go for it. I hear it coming now.
4: I dare you. There are so many.
1: Yeah, like I know. The most outrageous thing.
4: Um, I had sex in my car. Can you all
1: hear this? Okay, it's like. <laughs> Hello okay. world. All right.
4: I had sex in my car in Disney World parking lot. That was pretty cool. No, I asked all, for seriously. the most outrageous. That thing. Would, no. no, man. There Fine. were people all. Oh. That was it. And it was hot, and they had a blanket over us, and.
1: Why'd you have a blanket over you? So if they, it was hot,
4: wouldn't see. Nobody cares! Okay, so the, the time you people I fornicating did it and, you without know? the blanket. It's a, yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, people are just like, uh, hey, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, well, no, that's okay. You is know, actually, the, the, the good thing is that Mickey Mouse didn't walk by and have a heart attack on the spot, to, yeah. <laughs> Scared uh, how kids. old were you when, you when you did that?
4: Oh, 24,
1: 25. 24, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you feel guilty about it?
4: Oh. No. Do you wish you hadn't done it? No, many more times. Many more (laughs) times,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, And uh, uh, what's the most outrageous thing you've done lately?
4: Oh, I dare get trouble with Linda. (laughs) No, no, Linda doesn't care. (laughs) It was at Bonn.
1: Oh, one of our events.
4: (laughs) (gasps) You are nodding. And you guys weren't in the room. (laughs) It was the pizza party night. And you fun. know how you had your chairs up here? Yeah, yeah. I know you were there, so I yeah. can't lie, but...
6: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Nick, lie, help. But uh, we sort of... I sort of sat on your lap, yeah. on your chair,
1: yeah. uh, and danced with you. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, you
4: did a lap dance with Jeff.
0: How, Short how, long, how, long I did that,
1: how long did that go?
4: Julie? <laughs>
1: I, mean, I, I got to ask. Many minutes. I, I just got to ask, but <laughs> was I good? <laughs> you just I sat I mean, there. dancing. <laughs> dancing.
4: You just sat there. Said, well, I, I had then had It do wasn't
1: do me. <laughs> it was probably Kuthumi or Doug, Tobias. Probably Tobias. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Yeah. Hey, the sex? <laughs> I hardly remember having sex. It's like, hey, uh, give me a drink instead. No, like...
4: no, no. We were dancing. Just dancing. dancing. No I, sex. I know. But it was very sensual, sensual. dancing. Yeah. Uh, okay.
1: Okay. And we, okay. Are you ready for some more outrageous in your life? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, I love this. Oh, you all I make open. a commitment in front of <laughs> Jesus, me, and everybody. And you know I'm leading up to something. Absolutely. You've got to know that. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> a couple more. Just a couple more. <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Let's
7: see. Oh, we
1: have a volunteer, Linda. We have a volunteer.
7: Oh, good. That's good. Oh. good.
1: Good. Bring microphone, please.
7: Oh, microphone. yes.
1: Good. What's the most outrageous thing you've ever done? Well, I don't want to reveal too much, but
4: I'm actually a fictional character while playing as a non-fictional character.
1: Yeah. I literally
4: passed through the fourth wall. Right. And why? That's why is
1: that outrageous? Isn't that what we're all doing, or you are all doing?
4: Well, there's different levels of passing through the fourth wall, I guess, and I did it at a super high level. I don't know. It's hard. Did it to hurt? It. <laughs> 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 well, I'd say a little bit sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Did it have any? Um, uh, any effects that that you're struggling with? Uh, sometimes I struggle with them, but most of the time
4: it's really fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, why did you do that?
4: Because uh, I want to cause some controversy in this wall.
1: Okay. <laughs> and you talk about passing through the fourth wall, but what about the ninth?
4: I've never heard of that one before.
1: <laughs> okay. Are you ready for it? Okay. Okay. Good. Uh, it's coming. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, and uh, tell me uh, that, that was relatively recently that you did this. The yeah, like last year, maybe? Like la- la- last year, okay. Yeah. Are you ready for some more outrages? Yeah, than well, the ninth I wall? certainly am. Okay. Good. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And thank you for being on the Adama Show. <laughs> Good. One more.
0: One more victim.
1: One more. Can not be a staff member? It could be anybody. Okay. Anybody. We're just doing a little setup here. Uh oh.
0: I dare you. Come to tell on up, the body. Truth.
1: Come on up, Bonnie. Come on up. Come on up.
0: I dare you to tell the truth.
1: <laughs> you look like you look like a princess today. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Okay. Please have a seat. Bonnie doesn't like coming up to the front with me. We've had oh, some. We've had some t- encounters. Oh, she'd like to come to the front with you. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, what was the most outrageous thing you've ever done? I really done?
5: can't tell you that.
1: Well, it's don't tell me, tell them. <laughs> I tell the know. truth.
0: I can't.
1: Well, I, then Bonnie,
0: Bonnie, <laughs> Bonnie, Bonnie, <laughs> Bonnie, Bonnie. I just can't.
1: Welcome it's to the Adamus privacy. Springer Show. <laughs> I can't. You can't? How about the second? Outra- just one outrageous thing you've done. Anything.
5: Well, here's what you should know about me, um, and then everybody will know and it really won't matter. Yeah, yeah. I spend <sighs> … I'm a lady who is alone <clears>
1: … <throat> not all the time. … I choose
5: to be, and the worst thing about it is is that I usually have relationships with gentlemen who are married.
1: No, I asked for something outrageous, not something everyday <laughs> typical with most human beings. Okay.
5: <laughs> uh,
1: give me something outrageous. So, so, what's your point? I mean, no, tell me the outrageous thing that happens with these men who are married.
5: Well, oh, lovely things happen with them.
1: Okay, but you're smiling. Uh, and <laughs> No, outrageous would be like they go home, the wife finds out, throws no, them out of the house. They no. show up at your doorstep. You've got another guy there. The two guys start <laughs> fighting and, and, and uh, you know, and they both shoot each other and leave you in their will. That's outrageous.
5: No, I'm much more careful than that.
1: You are careful. Why?
5: Because these people have to be protected.
1: From what?
5: Disaster!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Disaster! (laughs) Well, it's it is disaster. Okay, tell me. So (laughs) something um, outrageous recently (laughs) in your life? Don't you have something?
5: I don't do outrageous things. Well,
1: you've got something outrageous coming up real quick.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Don't you turn? Isn't your birthday soon? Yes. Don't you turn like fifty-five soon?
5: Well, what's outrageous about
1: that? Outrageous? Uh, no. C- can Can I reveal? You're, well, you're of right. course. Yeah, I was trying to be a gentleman. Uh, uh, Calder was going to splurt it out. I'm like, no, 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 be a gentleman. <laughs> so, dear Bonnie, looking like a 55 or maybe a 50 year old, is turning 75 at the end of the month. Thank
6: you.
1: That's outrageous. That's outrageous because actually. She had a life plan that would have gone about 37 years uh, initially. Really? You, oh, yeah, yeah. And we'll look back on your life. Uh, your life plan was about 37 years. She's on kind of like an uh, extended pass, and, but she's going to keep going. She's handling all your problems uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, cr- Crimson Circle customer service and, and loving it yes. and, and, and dealing with all this energy, and she's going strong. That's outrageous. You're not slowing down. I tend down. to go a
5: long, lot longer than this. Oh, this is oh
1: absolutely. No, you've got much. another 60, 70 years left doing customer service for Crimson <laughs> Sarkov. <laughs>
5: oh, boy. <laughs> what fun.
1: <laughs> That's outrageous. Why would anybody do that? <laughs> so, uh, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. it. I appreciate yes, it. and you do look lovely. Thank you. And you do a great job with Shaumbra. She really does. Thank you. Bonnie. really does. Bonnie. She, she knows a lot of cuss words uh, now that she never <laughs> knew before, but outrageous. Most outrageous thing I ever did in my last lifetime. So I had a <laughs> – and this is a true story uh, – I got an audience with the Pope. I was very concerned oh. about uh, the upcoming French Revolution. Uh, I, I was concerned with the direction things were going, and the Pope was right in the middle of it. Uh, Pope Pius VI, right in the middle. The year was 1783. So I asked for an audience with the Pope, he was torn between supporting the Jesuits and not supporting them. He was more anti-revolution than anything. He was against the the common people having their sovereignty, Uh, but he was in kind of a bad alignment with uh, the French government at the time. Uh, he didn't know it, but they were going to come in and whoosh, take him down, so to speak. I knew I it took everything I could just to get an audience with him. Uh, he was a rather difficult, ornery man. But I also knew that I had to be outrageous, because if I just pleaded the case for politics, for country, for church or whatever, it would go on deaf ears because everybody pleads with the popes and the kings and everybody else. So I knew I had to do something to get his attention. So I was brought into the Grand Hall where our meeting would take place. I was brought in by his guards, and I knew it would be a while just sitting and waiting before the pope came in, because that's what popes and bad CEOs do. They keep you waiting for a long time so they get the upper hand. I knew it would be at least an hour and a half wait. So I took a little nap, because I could, and I did a little breathing, because I knew I had to, and then I took off all my clothes (laughs) True story, absolute true story. Took off all my clothes and sat there by myself next to the fire, because it was a bit chilly, uh, sat there totally naked. Suddenly the big door from the pontiff place opened and in walked the Pope. It was a moment of possible death. It was a moment of perhaps being thrown in the dungeon, but an interesting thing happened, something so interesting they wrote books about it, stories about it later. The Pope didn't blink. The Pope didn't say a word. The Pope didn't stare down at my Adamus or anything else. He kept such a straight face, and all of his assistants, his staff – the Pope back then was always at about twenty people around him – none of them blinked. (laughs) Of course, I was laughing to myself out loud. I was laughing and I knew, if nothing else, the Pope, in this kind of crazy state, had to listen. Who is this strange man sitting there – standing there by now – standing there with no clothes on? It was to become the core material for the story the Emperor's Clothing (laughs) And this is a true story. This is a very true story. He didn't have the the, um, consciousness to address my nudity. He was so afraid of himself and everybody else that he thought if he mentioned something about my natural state of being that… Others would look at him like he was crazy, because perhaps they saw me with my clothes on. Perhaps the Pope thought nobody would be, nobody ever would walk in here and take their clothes off, so there must be something wrong with me. And he listened. And We sat there for an hour and a half. I started to shake at a point because it was very cold, but I couldn't let on. We talked for over an hour and a half about the politics of Europe, about the church, uh, about uh, all the goings on. That was the most outrageous thing I ever did. I That's walked out … was pretty down.
0: outrageous.
1: That was pretty outrageous. That's
0: pretty outrageous. Yeah. I think you win today. <laughs> yes, you do. You win today. That
1: is a very, very true story. Thanks. It's a very, very true story, and that was outrageous. But. Shut up! I am. Shut up! (laughs) Jerry Springer Show. Linda hits her. (laughs) Keep your clothes on. (laughs) Up, and I talk about outrageous because we're going to start kind of being outrageous. You tell me stories up here. I didn't hear anything outrageous. I really didn't. I heard things that maybe made you a little uncomfortable, but nothing outrageous. I mean, really outrageous, outlandish. And I didn't say daring in terms of outrageous standing on top of a ten-story building and jumping off. That's just daring. Stupid. Stupid Stupid. (laughs) I'm talking about getting out of your comfort with things. Now, you've been in comfort, you've been in focus for so long that uh, right now your outrageousness is nothing but distant memories, and like David said, you get a little … A little comfortable. You even start buying new furniture for your house to get more, <laughs> to get more comfortable. <laughs> then I'm going to get even more comfortable. And and your outrageousness was something that generally that you did in your 20s and maybe 30s, but you haven't been outrageous in a long time. Kind of stuck in a long time now. In Don't you
0: think Bonnie's doing a little better? Better than what? Than the other outrageous.
1: I know. Binding what Bonnie is doing is commonplace. I mean, it's like you know, fifty percent of uh, the popula- married population is. Uh, so it's not. It's not outrageous, Bonnie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could make it outrageous. There's some things you could do, but we won't go there. <laughs> so, if we did, i my clothes would be off. Uh, so
6: <laughs>
1: it's been a while since you've been outrageous. You forgot what outrageous is. And you think outrage is just doing something you feel a little bit guilty about or whatever, and it's not. Outrageous is, well, is where we go next. Outrageous is living in the beyond. Outrageous is actually starting to enjoy life on this planet, but you're not doing it the old way, not buying just new furniture. You buy a new house, you buy a villa somewhere. You. You do something really outrageous and unexpected, and watch what happens. You know, people get into a rut. They start living in their patterns and mumbling and groaning about their patterns, but you do something outrageous. This was a bit outrageous – I mean, not terribly outrageous, but kind of a little outrageous. I mean, you see a tree in Brazil and then you buy it without ever seeing it again, and you trust that it's just going to show up and, you know, but the outrageousness It's actually really not that outrageous because you knew it. Well, Calder and Linda knew it. It was a feeling that they allowed, and then it came to be. The money is nothing. The money, you know, these those cheap trees you had here before those dead trees. That was just boring. That that was like what you call that decoration? They're dead trees, and there was no life to them. Now we're getting there. Now we're getting there. There's two points I want to make today. We're going to start in on. They're going to lead to some outrageousness. You don't need to do a thing other than to allow and other than to realize what's going on. So let's take a good deep breath. We can turn down the audience lights. And um, two things in the Adama show today that we're going to cover the first is time. Time. So, time is incremental. You live in incremental time – a second to a minute to an hour to a day to a week and on and on. And you've gotten so used to it, you don't recognize there are different types of time. Time itself is a function of focus. You have that one human sense, the only true human sense, focus. Time when experienced in some new and different ways, allows you to actually expand focus itself. Focus became so focused, you know, that it just it's like a gravity that sucked it in, and then you start living incremental time – one second, one minute, one hour – and you accept that as normal, and it's not. It's not. Time has many facets to it, many, many, many facets to it. And what I'd like to do today is begin that free time. Now, it's almost a contradiction, because time in itself is not a free concept. Time is a mathematics, it's a structure. But what if, just what if, there were variables to time, different facets to time? In other words, here we are living second by minute by hour. But what if at the same moment, in the same consciousness perhaps, that you were actually above incremental time, you were in more of a free time? There is still the element of time. There is still kind of the element of past and future, but now it's not so incremental. It would be the difference between being at ground level uh, in, a, in a city and walking through all the different streets and uh, alleys and pathways versus being on top of a mountain looking down at the city where you see all of it, not just the street or the alley that you're on. Free time means it's not ordered. The same way. It's not incremental. Free time is very real. Now, a scientist or a mathematician would argue all day long that you're making it up. Actually, the real answer to that is all this is makeup. All this is being made up. It's just that people tend to believe that there is just one form of time. The Reality is time does not exist at all. It doesn't. Uh, time is a, is a uh, really kind of a structure or a, way, a measurement system, but in a way, it doesn't really exist. You can't go off in the universe and find time, the time planet or the time portal. It doesn't. It's a kind of a human agreement. It's become real because of that agreement, but they forget to tell you it's flexible. So, outrageous here is that you're going to continue to live in incremental time. Your body literally now has a time clock and a time bomb within it. Well, it does. Your body is timed for death. That's okay. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we're not trying to overcome death, we're just trying to expand time. So, here you are living in incremental time, but now in our short little mirab that we're going to do in just a moment, we're going to start going into free time. And you go, oh, wow, that sounds great, but I'll I'll warn you right up front, it's going to throw off your timing (laughs) It's going to throw off that very disciplined, incremental way you've been living. Some of you are already starting to experience this, and it's little things like forgetting what day or what year it is, not because you're getting old, but because you're starting to go into free time. Some of you are actually starting to, uh, what would you say, uh, be able to project the, project, or predict the future, kind of, kind of. Uh, you're starting to know what's going to happen next, and it does, and then you're surprised. Well, you shouldn't be surprised. When you're in free time, you're not  in those tight blocks of, of increments like you have been. Now free time allows you to hover above. Uh, it would be kind of like taking a seven-year span and seeing it, sensing it, being in it all in one time, not having to unravel it over seven years. There's many layers of free time. You have at the lowest level the incremental time – seconds, minutes, hours. There's other layers of time. Some of them have to do with the past. And in our coming into free time, you're going to particularly notice in your dreams some odd things that seem to be from the past or thoughts, feelings, associations that you've had that are from the past. You're going to say, well, geez, I thought I got over my past. The past is still there. Now we're going to do a what I'm going to call a time pass around time, where you come of almost orbit back through the past in a timeless or a free time fashion, not to relive it again, but as you orbit back through it without the increments now, just kind of more of a free form, you're going to notice that the past isn't what you had thought it was. The mind remembers the past in its incremental fashion. When you come back in a free time, kind of a pass around, an orbit around it, it's going to be different, but it will bring up recollections, associations, thoughts. Don't, don't get all crazy. Don't start asking, oh, I thought I released all that a long time ago. You released the gravity of it and the event is still occurring right now the event is still occurring it didn't happen back in incremental time and then stop it's very very it's very outrageous it's still happening everything still has its life to it and it goes on it's a story that kind of takes off on its own and is being lived out on many levels and you don't have to attend to it You don't have to suffer through it, but your stories – it's like writing a chapter in a book and then letting it go and that chapter continues to write itself and all of its other potentials and all of its other iterations. It lives on. That's actually the beauty of a Creator. You don't have to get all enmeshed in it. You don't have to be traumatized by it, but to start realizing that there is free time will be outrageous and it will change the way you live on this planet as Embodied Masters. You cannot live. By the way, the answer to the real question at the Ascended Masters Club, why do they want to stay? The Ascended Masters that are there didn't understand free time. They didn't understand time anyway, but they didn't understand free time. Therefore, they didn't have the comfort, the luxury, the uh, excitement of living in a different way. They just thought everything was linear. It's like, oh, i got my enlightenment. i got to get out of here because it's going to be more of the same. The real answer is, once you start coming to your senses and being in free time, it's no longer the gray, lifeless place. Suddenly everything comes to life. Free time. We'll be talking about it more, Uh, but I want to begin the process today. Everything's right for it. The tree, you, everything is right. So let's take a good deep breath, and this will be a relatively short, Mirabh, because I have one other thing to cover today in the Adama show.
6: Mm.
1: So, take a good deep breath. Free time. It means you're starting to realize you're starting to exist on many different levels that means you have your incremental level seconds minutes hours days years and that's fine that's not necessarily going to change you'll still want you still want to have that for doing a lot of things, but we now take a deep breath where we're at and allow free time. That means you could take uh, an increment of seven years, for instance, and experience it all at once. Free time is when You are here in the moment, of course, present, but now you have – imagine like um, it's it's an orbit of time. Imagine uh, like a comet going into orbits, but the orbits around you – you're the constant, you're the consciousness – the orbits can change in their size and they can go into past time and into what you would call future time. So the the whole basis of time starts to change a little bit. This is going to happen anyway. It's very natural. You don't have to work at it. You don't, you don't have to think about it, but just to – want you to be aware, because this is going to start leading to some outrageous things in your life. Truly outrageous. Wonderful, but outrageous things. When one goes beyond free time, or linear time, when one goes into free time, Changes the perspective, it changes the grueling nature of everyday human life. So imagine, if you choose, imagine your circadian rhythm, your incremental time basis, still there, but now. You allow yourself to realize the other time orbits, meaning seeing it as a bigger picture rather than seconds and minutes, being able to comprehend large amounts of time all at once. It will baffle the mind, but that's okay. And these orbits, kind of these uh, uh, these comets that are going around in orbit around you, are also opening to what you would call the past and the future. Normally, this would literally cause one to go insane in in allowing this because they're so ingrained in. Incremental linear time that they can't handle it. Their their balance, their physical balance, then their ears would start going out and they start going crazy. But we're at that point where we can do this. Free time. It's outrageous. It's wonderful. One thing you'll start noticing with free time. is that this whole concept of time and, let's say, of the past and future are really predicated on experience, experience. You know, a spirit doesn't have a clock in in her bedroom. The the Ascended Masters don't have – they don't wear watches they are not locked into time, and in a way there is no past or there is no future, in a way. What there is is an unfolding of experience. One could say that nothing happens in the future until it has been experienced, but yet the future is always there. It's actually not realized until it is experienced, but yet it is there. Everything you're going to do in the future is there. Every potential of everything and every iteration of every potential of everything that you could ever experience, that you would ever say, that you would ever do, was all there when you went through the wall of fire, when you left home. That was the thing Tobias talks about, shattering into billions and billions of pieces. It was just pre-creating all of your experiences. And so many are still out there in what you call the future, but the future is nothing more than a reservoir of potentials and all their iterations yet to be experienced. That's what some people would call time. That's that's why nobody's ever really been good about predicting the future, because they don't understand that it's not occurring tomorrow and beyond. It exists in this moment, yet to be experienced. I wanted to be here together uh, in a group with all of us here, particularly on this day of your beautiful Tree of Sensuality, so we together, Shaumbra, we could all start going into free time. Please don't work at it. Don't struggle with it. Just get yourself caught in incremental time, but we can allow it. It's going to be outrageous what happens with free time. It's going to feel strange at times, because you've really been locked into this, this old way. It's going to feel rather strange, but that's going to be outrageous. Imagine getting up in the morning and realizing that You're also getting up in the morning in your past, and you're getting up in the morning in your future all at the same time. It's outrageous. It'll throw you off a little bit, but then you'll adapt and adjust. You see, this is what an embodied Master does. They don't just get realized and use the same old damn tools that The other ascended masters did. No wonder we all left. But you, opening new pathways, you come into free time. Let's take a deep breath. Let's take a good deep breath. We'll be coming back to this. We'll be, we'll be talking about it more and more. Bring it into our gatherings. Let's take a deep breath with free time. It kind of has a double meaning, free time meaning no longer stuck in incremental, but you're finally going to have free time in your life. Free time, I mean, oh, you'll have real time to yourself instead of every moment of every day being filled with obligations and work and things you have to do. You're suddenly going to realize what free time really is. Take a deep breath. There's one more thing I want to go into today. And they tie in very closely. They're so beautiful, so related to each other. This next subject I talked a little bit about in our recent Keyhawk gathering. And I told the Keyhawkers that I wanted to bring it to all Shambra at, at, at shout. I bring it the free time in this next realization to you because it's easier in a way when we're all aware of it you're not just out there on your own where we have a real group consciousness you're not you're not trapped in that consciousness but it's kind of nice to have a whole group of us feeling and experiencing it together the next concept has to do with energy energy now you know from my Adamas 101 that there's this thing called consciousness, circle with a dot in the middle. It's the I am. It's the I exist, and it's the only thing that really matters. The only thing. Kind of always brings up a, a, a point. Why, why does a creator create? You know, the Creator Spirit, all that was. It could have been perfectly content just being the I am. I mean, the number one I am, the source. Why would why would one want to create? Why one, what's in it? I'm sorry. We need a microphone, and I'm asking a rhetorical question, actually, so that I can answer it. <laughs> no, Linda, please, Linda. No, Linda. No, no, no. It was a rhetorical question. Yeah. So, why does a creator create? Why not just be I Am That I Am, just aware of the aware, of yourself? Why even create in the first place? I mean, you could possibly create a mess. <laughs> uh, you could possibly create chaos. You could. Why does a creator create that? I'm going to leave that question. I'm not actually going to answer it. I'm going to leave you with that question. We're not done yet, but that's, that's the homework. Why would a creator want to create? You've got your I Am, I Exist. I mean, that's pretty good. That's, that's the, really the only thing that really matters. Why go out and create? Uh, we'll come back to that uh, in our next shout. not in June, but after that. So back to the point, energy. You got your consciousness, I am, I exist. From that comes such a passion. A passion. You know, when, when you really allow that feeling, I exist. Screw everything else. I mean, not I exist because I exist if I I exist. That's the only thing that matters. That's the only awareness that's worth it to him. And when you really realize that, there comes such a passion, I exist. Beyond the physical body, beyond all the crap, beyond my, my identity, I exist, and that creates such a – I'm going to call it a passion, an excitement, a – love is not quite the right word, but such a ha oh, magnificence – I exist that a light goes out I mean radiates forth not goes out but radiates forth a light shines forth and I'm talking metaphorically but a light shines forth and that goes out into a you call a reservoir, a field of energy and attracts that energy uh, activates that energy and then, it creates reality. The passion of the I Am, of your soul, just right now your, pa- your soul is still in its timeless excitement about I exist. I mean, it's still resonating. It, 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 let's say, uh, from a time standpoint, your soul realized a long time ago, I exist not beholden to anyone or anything – I exist and I always will – and then it just started resonating within the I Am. It still is right now, and that's still creating these uh, radiance of light that's going through all sorts of dimensions, attracting energy and creating reality – this. now. When that happens, when this light shines forth, and when basically you on the other end of your soul, you know, you've got all this light going out, you're kind of the, the reflection, the other end of your soul. And your reality is being created by activating what I would call negative and positive particles of energy. Light goes out and based on you, the receiver down here and the way you are experiencing, you're going to attract different ratios of positive and negative energy particles. Life has always been like that. Human life has always been like that. It would seem outrageous to do something different. Right now there are a stream of light. I have negative and positive, or plus and minus, however you want to say it, particles coming into you and emanating or radiating out from you. Just imagine for a moment this stream of energy activated to a positive or a minus. Kind of like, you know, software is either a zero or a one. Energy is the same. It's kind of digital in a way. Streaming into you as positive or negative, and at the same time, you're streaming it out from you. That's creating reality. That's the way it's always worked with energy. That's how things come about. You also know that one of the biggest challenges for humans and other beings is they're always trying to steal energy. You learned that in the Sexual Energy School. They're trying to steal energy. Because nobody's really come, well, very few have come to the realization that it's all here. It's all here. You don't have to steal from anybody else. It's all here. So, what is outrageous is no longer having to rely on the positive and the negative particles of energy. That's really outrageous, because even quantum physics would say, well, then you die or everything ceases to exist, because you got to have that, but you don't. You don't. There is a thing called free energy. It is energy that is always there, that is not activated to a positive or a negative. It is an energy without any bias. It is unseen, invisible energy because nobody has the tools to measure it. You cannot measure it. It has no force to it. It has no propulsion to it. It has no uh, (coughs) dynamic to it. It is not a force energy, there is no power to it. The world is attuned to power, to force, to action and reaction, to the constant bashing of uh, energies or the alignment and the friction of energies. That's how the planet works. However, as embodied masters, you don't have to rely on that anymore. That's outrageous. That will defy every lifetime of living on this planet, and it will defy not only science, but it will defy everything that you knew to be about energy and how it works. You're so attuned to opposites – masculine, feminine, light, dark, up, down – that this will absolutely be outrageous, free energy. Now. We're going to go into it in just a moment. You're not going to feel it in the old way, because your old way is absolutely attuned to feeling, uh, well, let's say either a light feeling or a heavy feeling or something pushing at you or something pulling away. So if you're approaching it with a typical consciousness, you would say to yourself, I don't feel anything. Well, hell yeah, you won't. But you will sense something. Something sooner or later will start ringing within you, going, I get it. I don't have to have the conflict or even the old relationship of positive energy particles and negative, smashing each other, competing with each other. That's the friction made reality. The friction caused life. Life is friction. This planet is no place for a master. When they're dealing with friction, energy, with power, energy. Let's take a deep breath. Let's play that uh, little music ditty real quick. There's just a short one. We got way too serious here. Yeah, this is my show, and the audience fell asleep. I mean, got bored, and what the f? Where's the entertainment? Just. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. So much better. Much better. Ah! Good. Back at it. <laughs> outrageous. You t- came up here before and told me outrageous. I, I really didn't hear an outrageous. i some of you listening in today. Do you have outrageous stories you'd like to share? Make sure to post them on your favorite social media site. <laughs> uh, the stories here. Were mildly interesting <laughs> on a slow news day, uh, but <laughs> n- not outrageous. Outrageous, taking your clothes off, is a very true story. You can I don't know if it was ever written about, but you can look up some of the details. Me, it was 1783, Pope Pius the Sixth, me naked, not a thing, <laughs> not a thing. Got a little chilly though. Ah, I do remember that part. <laughs> That's not so flattering uh, … I won't go there. <laughs> um, <laughs> or we had to break it up and it gotten so serious in here uh, … It's, uh, it's like <laughs> … it's just way too serious. All
6: right!
1: <laughs> Never, ever, ever underestimate the tool of distraction.
0: The tool? <laughs>
1: I don't get it. (laughs) I don't get it. Never underestimate (laughs) distraction. Uh, 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 If you're teaching, if you're up teaching others, if the moment you sense the energy going woo down, distract. And especially with yourself, the moment you start getting too serious, you're thinking in your mind, "How do I figure this out? What's life all about? What have I done wrong?" Shut up. Distract yourself. Pull off your clothes or something. (laughs) By the way, that absolutely is a true story about the Pope and I, and absolutely true that it, it was the beginning of the whole story of the Emperor's Clothing. He didn't dare mention it, because he thought, I must be going crazy. And nobody else – he had about 22 assistants with him – and nobody said a thing. There, you should have felt the energy in the room. <laughs> and I just sat there as natural <laughs> as could be, but acting like nothing was wrong. I acted like I was dressed uh, elegantly, which actually I was. Uh, <laughs> what was it that they didn't see? What was it that they didn't see? Yeah, I mean, why,
0: you know, what was going
1: on? Well, the Pope. The Pope was afraid that he, he he was under a lot of stress, and and he drank heavily, um, and there were some other strange things about him. But he was afraid that he was losing his mind. Uh, he was hearing voices. <laughs> I wonder whose. Uh, he was. And he was afraid that he was cracking up, and he was a great tension uh, with the, uh, the church, I mean the church obviously, but the government, and the whole concept of uh, the, the Jesuits and the, uh, the revolution. It was terrible. He thought he was losing his mind, so he was doing everything he could to lay low, to suppress, to not be outrageous. So, when he walked into the room and saw me standing beside the fireplace (laughs) – Your graciousness! (laughs) – he dared not say a word, because he thought. I mean, he really thought, with a little hypnotic influence, he really thought that, oh my gosh, I really am losing it, and if I let on, if I scream out and say, a slave, servant, why, why, why are you totally naked in front of God and the Pope and everybody?" And that he was wrong, they would immediately um, <whistles> take off the head. So he kept his mouth shut, and he, when he kept his mouth shut, it set up such an energy with everybody else, they kept their mouth shut and at a certain point, about, an I don't know, 20 minutes into the conversation, they'd forgotten about it. <laughs> they, they'd actually just thought I was in my clothing. It was outrageous. So back to the point. Energy, free energy. This is going to be so outrageous because you've been living, you've been addicted to positive negative energy, pulling it in in different ratios. Sometimes you got like 62% negative, not bad negative, just negative, you know, 62% negative over here and the other part is positive. And the ratios shift back and forth all the time, but it's this is
2: constant.
1: Uh, inflow and outflow of activated energy. Activated meaning it's put into a bias of positive or negative. We don't need to do that. And it's so outrageous because nobody's ever done that on Earth before. Nobody's ever done that. It's going to feel strange because there is no power to this free energy. It's the free energy is all around. I mean, it's it's this incredible. Some people call it the, uh, what is it called? The uh, field, uh, the source field, or things like that. It's just energy that sits there, waiting to be activated. But nobody ever said, why do we have to activate it? Let's just allow it. We'll get into the implications later, but I want you now to go back into a marab and just begin to sense it. And again, your mind's going to say, I don't feel anything, because it's used to feeling a push or a pull. The mind's used to power energy, activated energy, but this is totally different. Let's start the music and turn down the lights. This is um, more than outrageous. This is totally outrageous, talking about things like free time and free energy. (coughs) Observe how, how they are very related. We'll go into it later. I don't want to get into too much lecture today, but free energy, what I used to call neutral energy. It hadn't been activated now your body has become dependent on activated biased energy positive and negative and that's how it operates that's how the blood keeps flowing and how all the enzymes working they are they are constantly in a flow of various ratios of positive or negative energy but feel for a moment or sense for a moment now. If the doorways are open into your body for free energy that has not been put into light or dark, positive, negative, it just is. It just is. It doesn't need Separation. We talked about Isis and Adam, the masculine and feminine, the old separation. We talked about them coming back together. In a way, it's kind of like this, with free energy, that positive and negative energy. What if your body started to use free energy, unbiased, never, ever separated before? Energy that is not separated, divided – free energy. energy that has no power to it. I also like to call free energy the forceless energy. And what happens if the mind has always used duality energy, positive or minus? What if that's the programming of the mind, that for every thought that goes through it, for every belief that is in it, it has pulled forth old duality energy? What if now pure energy that's never been separated or divided? You could say it comes straight from passion of the I Am without division, What if that comes into the mind and the thoughts and the beliefs and even your intellect, pure, free energy. what if when you wonder about well, abundance or feeding yourself or your physical, human energy source, what happens when you get outrageous and you simply allow in free energy? that's the source of your abundance rather than old power energy to a very large degree energy has gotten corrupted on the planet corrupted meaning people now associate it with power there's no need for power whatsoever energy, power, force, all kind of the same thing. What if, what if we as a group get really outrageous and we transcend that? No power, no force, no friction, no resistance. What if we open the doors and windows? to our very being as humans and allow free energy? Can you feel its purity, never separated, never divided, never put into opposites? What happens if that comes in? What happens if you can just breathe it in with no force, of course? What happens if you can just breathe it in and allow it into your body, let it it be in your body? What happens if it comes into your thoughts and your mind? Outrageously pure, and I make the other energies look so old and laborious and grey. So when I ask. Why would you possibly want to stay on this planet, the the planet that is not for Masters? What we are actually doing is changing the paradigm, changing everything. We're not staying in time. We're not staying in old energy. Mm. We're changing it. staying on this planet, we're not going to stay in the same clothes, in the same house, metaphorically speaking. We're going to change it all. We're not going to keep enduring boredom and frustration. We're just going to change the entire paradigm. It starts right here, in the midst of the real transhuman. I have to laugh, I really laugh when I look at everything's happening with technology, transhumanism, when they think implanting a computer chip into your brain or getting married to a robot or anything like that is advanced. That's not advanced. That's the same old crap, just faster. Mm. Transhumanism, to me, is what we're doing right here. We're changing the game. We're going into free time. And incremental time will still exist. It's the and of being a Master. It's both. And we're changing energy. Oh, the, the old energy, the, the biased or the separated energy will still be a way of life, but we're also going into the free energy. And to me, that is the real transhumanism of this planet, while the rest of them play with technology and play really just developing new swords. <laughs> lighter swords, faster swords, but they're still swords, we're going into divine transhumanism. That's why you're staying. That's why you've chosen to be here on the planet. That's the potential I talked about before. (coughs) You're leaving behind your legacy. Why? Because well hell, you're a creator, because you can legacy of true change, a potential for others if they choose to they choose to continue with it. Let's take a good deep breath during this day. Whether you really understand it or feel it right now, what we did today was outrageous Mm. we're going to keep going with it. Let's take a good deep breath. And I want to make such an impression in your mind, in your consciousness, such an impression of outrageousness. When you look at your own life and you think about, well, are you really ready for true outrageousness? Are you really ready to step out of the the doldrums and the boredom of life? I want you to imagine me standing in the papal chambers, totally naked, (coughs) and moments before the Pope and his entourage walked in – I was a bit scared, I had to admit, but I took a deep breath and I said, All is is well well. in all of creation." And so it is. Thank you. Thank you. How about my fanfare music going out? Thank you. Thank you.
0: So with that … So much for that episode of Adama Saint-Germain here with us, the Transhuman Series. Thank you for being here. Boy, did that just take that down. Okay, so, I'm sorry, I, you know, I can't even do any more breathing or any more serious because I am just blinded by not being able to lose that image of Adamas Saint-Germain in the emperor's new clothes. Oh my God, I'm gonna to be tortured. So, Adamus always brings it to a new level in too many ways. Thank you, Jeffrey Hoppe for channeling Adamas Saint-Germain. I guess, thank you, Adamas, and uh, so many gifts in this, in this shout. We will be back from Germany on whatever the first Saturday in June is, June 3rd, and then we'll be back here in Coquit Canyon in July. We'll remind you about that homework about the, the creator and that then, so please, Thank you for being here. We much appreciate it. Whether you were listening on Blog Talk Radio or whatever the story is, Crimson Circle, by the way, remember that you can come back and watch the video. You can come back and listen to it. And Gail Newby will have the transcription ready by tomorrow morning knowing her. And Jean will have it up and posted on the Crimson Circle website. So many ways to re-experience this if you dare. Once again. Thank you, everyone, for being here at the Crimson District. Special thanks to this live audience and their rare participation. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, oh, and on the credits out, there is a dance sort of contest, something I don't quite understand. And when you watch the credits, please notice the name, and I think you're supposed to go on Facebook and vote for the winner, if you dare. Thank you.